Good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Wow, I feel like we're getting more and more packed every time I come here. This is ridiculous, but it's awesome at the same time. I love it. Uh, and how great tonight that we get to welcome three of our sisters for the Sacrament of Confirmation. Y'all excited? Y'all look great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be lit. It's going to be slapping. Um, I probably misused that word. Hannah can kill me after Mass. Um, but it's fantastic that you're here tonight. Uh, what a great opportunity to come here. Uh, and as we've been talking about Peter's name change the last couple of weeks, we're here to talk about your name change tonight. That the three of you have each picked a saint that you're going to be calling yourself in a way for the rest of your life. A saint that you want to emulate, that you want to be modeled after. Um, and you choose that tonight because you're taking on a new identity. Uh, that as you receive confirmation tonight in First Eucharist, that uh, you are completing your initiation into the church. All right, now here's the thing. It's the initiation. That word comes from a Latin word that means initio, which means the beginning. This isn't the end. This is only the beginning of all this. All right, so what you're doing tonight is you're receiving the graces you need to really begin the maturing and, and the living out of your uh, mature Christian life as a Catholic. So anyway, on this name change, let's go back to the gospel reading. Last Sunday we had this reading where uh, Jesus calls Peter the rock. He says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, and then literally five verses later, this is a very short turnaround. Five verses later, Peter, uh, Jesus calls Peter Satan. Peter's already messing up. He's really screwing things up already. Um, and what's happening is that Jesus is trying to tell us at this point in the Gospels that something's changing. All right? This is a turning point in the Gospels because from this point in Matthew's Gospel, we've been reading Matthew all year so far, uh, Matthew's been telling us that Jesus has been in Galilee doing his ministry, um, and, and he's been doing some really cool things. We've been hearing the miracles. Uh, and then we get this, this beginning line from the Gospel reading today. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. So now things are shifting. Now everything's going to be modeled and written after this idea that Jesus is going to Jerusalem. All right? And what's he going to do? He's going to suffer there, he's going to be killed, and on the third day be raised. All right? And this is the thing, Peter's not having it. Peter's like, oh, no, 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 no. All right? So Peter pulls Jesus aside and, and is trying to, to convince him not to do this. Um, and then that's when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. All right, what happens here is that Peter is forgetting the last part of what Jesus said. This idea of, I will be raised on the third day. Yes, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be death, but guess what? I'm going to rise again the third day. It's going to be okay. And Peter doesn't get that. Peter's so focused on suffering and death, and we see that throughout his entire life. He's so focused on running away, this aversion to suffering and death, and so he forgets the hope of the resurrection. But that name Satan, that's a really just strong rebuke. Why does Jesus call him Satan? We have to look back at what the word Satan means. We go back to the Old Testament in the book of Job is where we hear Satan for the first time. The Hebrew word Satan means the adversary or the accuser. All right, we're going to go with adversary for our purposes today. That in this sense, Peter is being an enemy to Jesus. That's what he's saying. You are an obstacle for me right now. So he's standing in the way of Jesus going to Jerusalem. He's standing in the way of Jesus going, suffering and dying and rising again in Jerusalem. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this passage in this way. But in that moment, Peter is also our adversary. Peter is our obstacle in that moment. Because in that moment, Peter is in between us and salvation. Peter is in between us and Jesus going, dying and rising for us that we might, ha we might have life. 
And so what happens is we also have to look at this meaning of the word Peter, that, that name. It comes from a Latin word, Petrus, that means rock. And there's so many things, there's so many meanings for this word rock. Uh, we heard a couple weeks ago that Peter steps out the boat. All right, and he's walking on water, and guess what? He loses sight of Jesus, he loses his faith, and what happens? He sinks like a rock. All right, and then what happens after that? He says, upon this rock I will build my church. So in a sense, now he's the foundation stone. He's the stone on which everything is built. The whole church is going to find its support in him as the foundation. But then we get this word obstacle. And this obstacle, it's funny, the Greek word for this is scandalon. And scandalon translates to a stumbling block or a stumbling stone. All right? And what's really interesting was that in daily mass this week, we heard the reading that for the Jews, the crucifixion is scandalous. It's a stumbling block. All right? And so Jesus talked about this tonight as well. The whole second half of the gospel is about taking up the cross. But you see how Peter has to, he's got to navigate all these different identities of being the rock. This name change is something that he kind of, he, I guess you could say, um, vacillates between. All right? What he's doing is he's going sometimes from Peter and Simon. And you'll see this in the Gospels. You'll see this in the Scriptures where there are some times where the Gospel writers or Jesus himself will refer to him as Peter. And sometimes he's referred to as Simon. Because there are times when he's not acting as the rock. There's times where he's failing to do so. Or there are times where he's, not fail he's, he's failing to act as the rock. But Jesus is calling on him to act as the rock. So we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, for example, Peter falls asleep. He's not acting as the rock. But he comes and he says, Peter, could you not stay awake one hour? It's that call to be the rock. Or think of in John's Gospel when Jesus um, is resurrected and Peter sees him from the boat. He swims the rest of the distance. And what happens? Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon. So you see how sometimes we'll see how he's operating. We'll see if he, is, is he being the rock right now or is he failing at it? And so that name change comes in identity change. And guess what? It's something that he doesn't quite get for the rest of his life. Um, Peter is constantly fleeing suffering. He's constantly fleeing pain. Uh, think of what happens with the crucifixion, you know. Uh, he says, Lord, I will go to prison with you. I will, I will never leave you. And what does Jesus say? You will deny me three times. Lord, heaven forbid I deny you. I will go to prison. I will die for you, but I will not deny you. And guess what happens? He denies Jesus. All right? He fails in that moment. And so what happens here is Peter's not even at the crucifixion. He said he would be there. Lord, I will suffer and die with you. He's nowhere to be seen. He's afraid. He's being Simon at that moment. And so what happens is that Peter doesn't really get this whole concept of, of the cross and, and of suffering, of that whole name change of being the rock until the, the very end of his life. All right? Peter makes his way to Rome, meets up with Paul, and it's there that the, the church is already being persecuted under the emperor Nero. And so Christians are fleeing Rome in droves. Peter's with them. He's running away from the city. And what happens? He sees a vision of Jesus, and Jesus is walking back towards Rome. And as he's watching Jesus, he calls back to him and says, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. And it's in that moment that Peter realizes what he has to do. That it's not so much Jesus who's going back himself again, but it's Jesus inside of Peter who's going to get crucified. And so at that point, Peter turns around and heads back to the city, gets arrested, and is crucified upside down. He finally embraces the cross. And that's the whole second half of today's gospel reading, is this idea of taking up the cross. Jesus says, if, uh, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
All right? And so I, what I like to think of with this is Jesus models this for us, this idea of taking up the cross. Um, if you've seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, there's a beautiful scene where at the beginning of the way of the cross, Jesus almost embraces his cross when he receives it. It almost looks like he's hugging it right there, you know. Um, and then a second scene in the movie is when they enlist Simon of Cyrene to help him. All right? Here's this, this, this visitor, this passerby in Jerusalem. He's a foreigner. They get him to help Jesus. And it's during the second or third fall that Jesus falls and Simon is carrying the full weight of the cross. Jesus could have carried the cross the entire way himself. He's God. He can do anything. Everything that happened in going to Jerusalem and suffering and dying was part of his permissive will for it to happen. But what he's showing us is that even though sometimes maybe we can try to white-knuckle it, we're not supposed to. And it's in being humble, and because Jesus was humble, that he let somebody else carry the full weight of his cross for that minute, for that second. All right? He's trying to show us what that looks like. And so the call for us today, if we're looking at as Peter as our model, is we're either going to be someone's foundation and support as they carry their cross, or we're going to be their stumbling block. And then while they fall, we drop the cross on them. The whole point of Simon's of Cyrene being there was that Jesus is showing us he will never allow our crosses to crush us. He will not let that happen. Jesus is always helping us carry our crosses, and so is everybody else. That's the call here. The call for you as, con- as being confirmed tonight is to receive that cross and not just to carry your cross, but to help others carry theirs. And to be the one to initiate that relationship, it's not so much, um, you know, oh, no one's helped me yet, so I'm not going to help anybody else. If that's the case, no one's getting helped. But it starts with us of, of saying, I don't even know who you are maybe, but you know what, I'm going to help you carry this cross. I don't know what exactly is going on, but from what I see, I'm going to help you carry what I can see, what I can carry. And that's what this whole thing is about, taking up the cross. Because if we run from it like Peter did initially then we're going to lose our life in eternity. The whole point, there's no love without suffering. And that's what the cross shows us. That's why Jesus is saying, take up the cross, because if we don't suffer, there's no real love. Love hurts. I think all of us sitting in here at some point has been hurt because of love. We have wounds because of love, or sometimes because of lack of love. And so that's what this call is about today. And so we use Peter as that model. Are we going to be someone's foundation? Someone we could tell them and say, look, I am your rock. I can be your rock in this moment. Let me help you carry the cross. Or are we going to cause them to fall? That while they're trying and struggling to carry the cross, we're going to put ourselves out as a stumbling block and make them fall. That's the challenge today. But that's something that we do our entire lives. Look at Peter again. It took him until the end of his life the last day of his life, to get it right. Sometimes that's how long it takes. This whole idea of being a Christian is more of becoming a Christian, and becoming a Christian takes our entire life. It's never a one-and-done deal. It's never just go to Mass and that's it. It's never just get confirmed and that's it. There's always this sense of constantly becoming a better and better Christian. That's what this is all about, and that's the call that the three of you are embracing today. And let me tell you, it's awesome, all right? There's so many awesome things that happen when when the grace of God is there. When when you receive the Holy Spirit tonight, you receive that grace. You receive a character imprinted on your soul that can never be taken away. It's always there, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for you. All right, but the thing is, it's not going to be like autopilot. It's not God just coming in and making you do things. It's giving you the grace to choose to do the right thing, to choose to do what he wants you to do. 
That's what this is all about. And so always tonight, as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that you're receptive to what he's asking you to do. So that you stop being Scout, Allie, and Emily. And you become the saints that you have chosen tonight. Amen.